Hello and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh and I am your forever host, friend, and night trooper again because that's just that's what I'm going with for the rest of the season with night trooper. I'm not going to pick anything else. Nope, night trooper is where it's at. My co-host Justin is finally back this week and I'm so excited to have you back, sir. How are you? so good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, shame at work. I, I, I can't help it. Calls drop. I, I gotta go. But yeah, no, I, I'm here for the best next week. So I'm off from work on the, the, this wonderful day and I'm excited to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. And you do get, you know, the last two episodes are always the best two episodes. Uh, uh, so. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we will. But before we talk about any of that, we have to have our residential resident, resident fact checker, Phil. How are you, sir? <laughs> residential? Are you? Is that making sure I'm not on mute first? <laughs> <laughs> There's always one. Uh, every resident. Week. Resident. Okay, resident. that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. I mean, okay. unless it's regarding housing. Okay, like fair. An RA. Yeah. <laughs> I was one. Of course you were. <laughs> no, no, Ricky and I both actually. It's free housing. No, no, he was he was he was a conference assistant. We worked together during the summers, but oh. I was an RA. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, good to have you back, Phil. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, super excited to talk about episode seven of Ahsoka. Um, last week we had your good friend Aaron on to talk about episode six. Um, yes, we if, did. Yeah. If uh, you guys didn't get a chance to hear that, definitely go back and listen to that episode because it was a lot of fun there's always like memes that are birthed out of these episodes so if you like follow us on tiktok or follow me on facebook and you see those weird memes they're usually Mm. created through this show which is which is pretty fun i think so um wow we're two we're only two episodes away from the end this is this is it this is so close so close and i couldn't think of any better guest to bring on than mr hugh himself how are you doing dude? hey what's up guys hugh. I'm doing great. Happy to be back on the show yeah when is it talk some star wars were you on for kenobi did you come on for kenobi i didn't come on for kenobi i came on i had him on in andor, andor and andor. i believe and yep two episodes of mandalorian so okay yeah. that's right andor yeah you've been around though <laughs> been around. Yeah. yeah, and it's always good to have it's you always back fun on the with show. you guys. Hell yeah. What have you been up to lately? Uh just trying to stay busy at work, do a lot of sports reporting uh, for the local paper here and um in my spare time I get to play video games, been loving all the offerings this year and then oh, yeah. of course we get to watch some Star Wars in in our spare spare time. So, <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> You're right, it has been a pretty good uh pretty good year for video games i feel like there's been oh, yeah. a lot of good things oh, yeah. coming out did the new mortal Kombat drop already one more yeah yeah i did yeah. don't buy it for the switch I hear the oh no 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 i made that oh. mistake with 11 i'll never do that again <laughs> that was so dumb. it has led to some absolutely hilarious memes though oh, oh the memes are dang. Dang now, don't get me wrong i love my switch me but too. That's I, not worth seventy dollars. I, I would my not switch have is usually it. around me at all times. I also <laughs> yeah. love my switch. So. I I got like two hundred some odd hours into Tears of the Kingdom already. So oh That's, yeah, yep. same, <laughs> same. Yeah. So wow. 
But yeah, yeah I, was, no, uh, I was thinking about getting the Mortal Kombat game with a PS5 because that's, you know, that's what you do, right? You get a nice fighting game, nice On family new game, console. and a nice shooting mm-hmm. game, whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's great to have you back, Hugh. Um, I am like beyond stoked to talk about this episode for sure. Um, there was a lot that happened, I feel like. And uh, before we get too far into it, we have to go to... A bar far away. I'm in the mood for, for hearing what we're drinking tonight, Phil. So uh, take it away. All right. So uh, I was looking at uh, the name of this episode. Uh, this chapter of Ahsoka is Dreams and Madness. So I did some digging and found an old cocktail. Not like super old, but an older cocktail called A Dream. Uh, and it is cognac orange curacao absinthe and uh rich uh simple syrup and occasionally uh, an egg white um so always the weird things with you man okay so <laughs> egg white you 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 toss you toss egg white in with uh anything like a whiskey sour or an amaretto sour um and it, it gives a foamy, kind of creamy quality to the cocktail. Um, usually optional, but, you know. So I decided to make a uh, Thrawn dream. Ooh. So this, you can't see quite how blue that is. The lighting here is a little wibbly. Put it up there. Is uh, it blue? Put it up there again. Screen. It is mostly blue okay all right I guess I can uh, but so that is cognac and blue curacao uh and i used uh demerara syrup instead of a, a rich simple syrup uh just because i like the the quality of the demerara syrup better for most most everything honestly <laughs> uh and instead of the absinthe like a dash of absinthe I used uh, blackcurrant balsam, which is a, a Latvian liqueur that I've talked about on here before. Um, so I did two different iterations of this, though. So there's this one without the egg white. Let's see. This. And this one with. Hmm. Oh, that one's a little bluer. That one's so now. <laughs> it, it looks blue. It looks more blue because it has that white, the contrast of that white foam layer on top. Oh, okay. Yeah, here, hang on. Let's, Phil's going yeah. hard tonight. He's got two cocktails over there, not just one, but two. I usually make at least two of the one that I make. You're right. I know. <laughs> or, or I mean, or like we did for that episode of Mando, we had the fish gin martini. <laughs> I think I was there for that one. Yeah, <laughs> you were. Oh yeah. <laughs> for uh... you keep bringing that up, and it keeps. I don't know, man. Uh, because <laughs> that has become a running joke with me and my wife, just talking about random stuff like with cocktails, and then at some point just throw in, you know, we still have some of that fish gin. <laughs> oh uh, so this, though. Ricky says, eggs are for scrambling. <laughs> Damn right, Ricky. I'm with you, Ricky. This I'm is very you. sweet. Um, it has it ends up with almost a, a minty kind of quality to it. Mm. Um tastes a little bit like a a little bit like a grasshopper. Oh, okay. um, 
So if you've ever had that, you know, creme de menthe and cream, basically. <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, a very good dessert drink, though. Okay. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of bitter on the back end of it because I use the the curacao instead of uh, like a triple sec or a, a sweeter orange liqueur. Sure. Uh, but it's also very similar to the um, Grogu's pod uh, sidecar riff that I did a while back for oh, uh, Mando season three. Right. <laughs> yeah. That one was good um, too. Yeah. So kind of some similar qualities there to the to the sidecar. Nice. Yeah. Um, Delicious so the, as always. The full recipe, what? the full recipe is going to be in our show notes. Uh, but as always, please drink responsibly. Yep, I'm uh, I'm just drinking a Mike's Harder Lemonade. But let's go on to uh, episode seven, Dreams and Madness from Ahsoka. Synopsis? Um, I did write a synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Very, you know, the last couple <laughs> the last couple have been a little more chirpy. This one's just a little more factual. With two episodes left in Ahsoka, everything is coming to a head. Thrawn is back in the battle chair as he tries to find a way to defeat the titular character and her friends. Ezra and Sabine are in another impossible situation, and the New Republic is starting to come around to the thought of Thrawn's return. This episode was directed by Gita Vasant Patel, who also did Sense8, if you ever watched that show. Yes. Really cool show. No. Um, really trippy. Uh, I, ridiculously creative project from the Wachowskis. Yes, they, really, really they cool. They absolutely killed it. It's it's good. Uh, it's it was on one Netflix. Of the best, it was one of the best original pieces that Netflix has ever actually like produced. Agreed, and they should have just left it at one season. Yeah. Yep. Did it go three seasons and get canceled? Uh, two, I believe. Two, actually. yeah. But it's really only worth the first season. The second one was, I don't know, man. I don't know. I liked the first it, one. It most. dropped off a little bit. but Yeah, it, it was it's... like Heroes Season 1 compared to Heroes Season 2. Oh, yeah, that was actually, that was almost exactly, ow. that was almost exactly the comparison I was going to make. Ow. Yeah. Ow, ow, ow. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's worth watching the first season at least. Yeah, definitely. Uh, episode, I mean, I guess the whole series was written by Dave Filoni. Of course, it stars <laughs> Rosario Dawson, Natasha Lubardizo, Aman Esfandi, and of course, Lars Mikkelsen. And then we get Hera and all them in this episode as well. So, so and your boy. Yes. We got 3PO. <laughs> the, way, the way you describe it is m the more exciting when the episode was for me. Wait, what? Yeah, Justin uh -oh. was not a not no. a fan of this episode. Not really. There was oh. it, it was boring. It felt meh. Boring. Boring. What? The... Okay, well, let's talk about this first scene here, where they're in the courts. Um, I was not bored during this scene, not even one little bit. Mm. I thought this first scene was um quite awesome, to be honest with you. We, <laughs> I I picked we, uh, one of my shots over it. Uh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, we get a we get an actual timeline placement. Like that's huge. In this court scene, we get you know, uh, Teva stands up and goes, "What about the confrontation on Mandalore?" And then Ziono is talks about how Gideon. It's like season three. It's after Mandalorian season three. I don't know. So we finally have a timeline placement. I, right. I don't know about you, but when I finally confirmed the timeline, I was like, "Fucking finally! We all know yes. when." Yes, it it was no nice to get that. Yep. No more debate. And it seems pretty close. Like I didn't know it was that close. Like mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I, that's not nice a clue. To have that. 
we've been talking about it the whole season, basically yeah. trying to figure <laughs> out where it was been, put. So it's been a point of contention for a lot of the season so yeah. far. Yeah, like when? What um, is this? <laughs> but we also get like Ziono, like he's such a prick, and like we have he's someone, such an asshole. we have someone to hate now, and like to root against. You know what I mean? And then, mm. I mean, dude, see three PO shows up. Yeah, three PO out of nowhere. Yeah. How are you going to say this episode is boring when C-3PO shows up in the first 10 minutes? Well, see, I hate C-3PO. How rude. That's worse than mere droid. Chopper and R2 all day. I love how they're still including Leia as a, as an active character. I yes. Gary Fisher. And I kind of wonder... Um, I'm a space mom. What would you think if they recast Leia? And instead of 3PO no. showing up, it was a new actor no. for Leia. No. Um, I'd rather see a hologram. We're already getting we're already getting into weird territory with the digitally, um, yeah, like the the masked uh, mm-hmm. Luke actor mm-hmm. in uh, in Mando uh, and Book of Boba Fett. It's it's still a little weird. Um, but what about just but, the complete but recast? The difference. Well, so uh, the difference there is character, you know, actor being alive to kind of give his consent to it versus actor not being alive. And, and I would prefer that they, you know, don't do that to Carrie Fisher. But that, um, that's if you have ethics, which we know Disney does not <laughs> exactly. But the creators of these shows definitely do. So it makes sense. I mean, even if you got permission from Billy Lord, her daughter, that would be mm. like the only way I would I would consider it. If or, Billy, if Billy Lord signed off on it, or said, even if okay. Billy Lord played her, she they have the exact same eyes. Like all you'd have to do is, you know, maneuver some some facial features with the digital stuff. Like, yeah, I feel like I feel like she could do it. It'd be proper. I mean, but I, it wasn't broken, so like, why fix it? Like, yeah, I enjoyed seeing three PO. Like, true. The moment the he said, "I am C," I'm like three PO. Like human cyborg <laughs> relations. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was that was a great treat. That's another question. Do you think that was actually Anthony Daniels in the suit? No. Oh, it I don't know about it. But it was definitely him doing the voice. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. In the suit, um, though. Whether or not they had him back in the suit, that's a good question. He's an old man. He can't be walking that stick. Well, well <laughs> old people have shame. curved backs. <laughs> Maybe it straightened it out for him a little bit. It's an orthopedic de- um, device. <laughs> well, it's a minor cameo. Like I, I think I don't think you got to go and you know, call you know Carrie Fisher's daughter. I think sure. they handled it well, just by right. having three PO essentially relay the message from Leia and shutting down uh, the senator uh, Ziano. Like that worked out perfectly. Basically, like I thought it was slapping him well and done. telling him yeah. to shut the f up. Like right. and in the best way three PO could do. You know what I mean? And right. like his little pause before, you know, he says, you know, he's like and Ziono denied it in a special whatever <laughs> without me. Mention, like, yeah, <laughs> the mention of her title as like head right. defense counsel right. was just like uh Yeah, so it, it and you're right, it was perfect the way that it was. Right. I just was curious about if you know, if they were to recast Leia and have her go out there. I wonder how people would react, and it seems like it would be a resounding no. So, is there a difference um, compared to like uh, uh, her so, doing her voice? 
like digitally enhancing and mocking or not mocking, but uh, faking her voice. It, it starts for me that starts getting too kind of toward the trend of just, you know, maintaining uh, or replacing the actors with digital copies. And that, you know, seems very counter to the spirit of, you know, the actual process. Sure. Mm. It's uh, understandable. Uh, actually, I, I did find Anthony Daniels confirmed that he was in the suit. You no. Know? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, he That's was he know. was on set. Uh, they they were using they were using the volume uh, for that scene for that for the courtroom scene. Interesting. Um, which is impressive considering how many people we had. Yeah. In that in so, that whole sequence. Yeah. So they wow. But, that was yeah. really good. Yeah. Including um, Akbar. Let's not forget yeah. Akbar was there too. I didn't see Akbar. He was the one there sitting was, right next there to there was a. There is a Mon Calamari there, yes. It's Akbar. No, that's he's not got Akbar. The same, he's got the same color pattern on his forehead. It's all Look about the testicles on the chin. Look it up. It's Akbar. What is he, a mind flare? Catfish barbells. Yes. So, again, I don't think the court scene was very boring, so let's talk about the next scene and see how boring this one was. Um Ahsoka training with Anakin and his hologram. Was ah. boring? Ah. I thought that was actually a really clever way to, to throw Hayden Christensen back into another episode. Right. Um, and they'd done it before. It, they, they'd used those holograms before in uh, Rebels, I believe. Mm -hmm. where she, I just I, love the idea of her going through them every once in a while and just kind of remembering him how he used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... I didn't view it like so, that, but that's a wonderful point. I uh, I was telling uh, Josh before the show, like I haven't seen uh, Clone Wars or Rebels. So yeah, it's kind of a new experience for me, and just seeing Hayden Christensen deliver that level of depth to the character is something like a little bit foreign to me because he didn't go show that kind of emotion in the in the prequels, and I really appreciated just in that scene like i think i was telling josh i think he showed a lot more emotion a lot, a lot more to the character than he had done in the majority of his time in the prequels. Well, a lot of that is experience he's what 20 years older right. and he, he can act yeah. now right. <laughs> so he well, showed it like i'll give it to hayden christensen he 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 showed yeah, his performance it. and it's nice to see that vader actually or anakin has uh diversified his uh range of motions Right, <laughs> And, you know, Phil and I, I think it was a couple weeks ago, we talked about this subject, about how right. a lot of it had to do with directors and how George right. Lucas didn't really direct Hayden Christensen back in the day. He's always been a good actor. He went to a really prestigious like school for acting and like he knows what he's doing, but he had no direction from Lucas. Now he has direction from Filoni and all these other like good, good directors. Skilled directors that know what they're doing and that they're really making him shine. And I think Ahsoka was like by far and away the most shine that Hayden Christensen has had. I mean, of course he was in Kenobi and he did that stuff, but like right. this was awesome. Uh, this has been and this scene is where great. we get the final line of the trailer too. We had kind of discussed this a few weeks ago. Um, if that was maybe a deleted scene from the trailer, but no, um, it, 
him saying, you know, in this war you'll face more than droids, Grievous, Ventress, blah, blah, blah. Um, Name dropping Asajj Ventress in live action. It's kind of cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and also she could like come back at some point. She only died in the books. And a lot of times they don't really count the books. Mm. So she could return at some point. Um, but yeah, seeing that was really cool. Do you think that she had watched those before? I like, or was she just finishing this training video? It seemed to me that she was kind of just tr like finishing these holograms. See, and and I got the feeling just from the way that they're stored. You know, they've got she's got the nice wooden box holding all of them. I get, and she's been hauling them around for, you know. The last time. decade, right? Uh, I can't imagine that she didn't watch them before. Okay, I agree with Bill. Nostalgia always yeah. wins, <laughs> and maybe just even holding out hope that he might change, that he could, you know, come back. Yeah, that he wasn't gone, that he wasn't completely lost to her. Well, he, she's probably also trying to remember the old Anakin because the last time she saw Anakin, he was Vader. Yeah, and they had a big fight. Like in Rebels, Hugh, there was a really dramatic fight between Ahsoka and Vader. I saw that part. I that <laughs> okay. was all over the internet. <laughs> yeah, I know Ezra pulls her out through the temple. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was season later on. Like based. after season two, after season two, we all thought Ahsoka was dead because dead, right. at the end of that episode, Darth Vader is the only one that walks out, and he's all like wounded and shit. And right. so. Everyone just assumed that she was dead. And, of course, maybe that's what they planned on doing. But then Filoni was like, you know what? I want to do some live action shit. Let's bring her back. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, they uh, used yeah. that world between worlds. Twitter, uh, I think the internet was just buzzing that week. Mm -hmm. that, you know, you I was uh, one of them. Ahsoka and uh, Vader are going to fight. And I'm like, I got to check this out. They had some real <laughs> memorable fights in Rebels, for sure. But do you think the the writers were doing a fan service with that, or is that just like a cheap writing whole plot? Well, I'm gonna throw in a time loop and then boom. I think <laughs> Filoni has had this planned out the whole time. I think that he wrote this to set himself up for future projects. For eventually being able to bring her back if he wanted. Yep, I guarantee that that dude has like story upon story upon story that he wants to use that he's written already, and yeah. one of them was probably. Uh, like a sequel trilogy like this is probably his sequel trilogy you know what I mean like if he, if they gave him the keys to the car and he drove the Star Wars franchise straight up because that's where they would go then this would be his his sequel trilogy um, but he just had to break it down into live action TV instead so I mean could you imagine if we just got three movies of these characters and with like OG characters sprinkled in instead of what we got i mean it, it would be much different you know yeah lack of uh, personality and growth that's where they didn't have in the sequels no growth mm -hmm. i mean you're you're not wrong it was just kind of like here take this this is what you get pay us <laughs> 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 I mean, after you pay me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Yo. getting back to the to the boring episode um, after this training, yeah, let that go. <laughs> he's not. He, <laughs> like in our in our chat, he just threw in a meh. <laughs> I may have used the wrong terminology when I said boring. 
I'm blaming the stroke, well, man. I'll blame that one well, on the stroke. <laughs> you didn't have a stroke. Yeah, I did. Well, you're gonna you made this bed, you're gonna lie in it all episodes. So um these whales, the whales in a minefield was quite I don't know. I was expecting more of a slaughter. Uh, were you guys surprised to see a minefield instead of like just automatic laser fire, or did this make sense to you, Justin? Uh, I had no idea they're dropping those mines. That caught me off guard. That really yeah. did. I was expecting the the battery of lasers, like everyone else. I feel like. See, and I loved it so much a, a a passive defense when you are um trying to conserve resources mm-hmm. as, as thrawn obviously is right um when you're trying to conserve resources a passive defense system makes perfect sense to me um they had no idea how many purgles were going to be coming they had you know the most effective thing that they could use against them was going to be something that they wouldn't be able to evade so easily. Uh, and I loved getting to see that three-dimensional uh, array of the mines. It's like, okay, well, they're this all lined is up. how, this is what Cube. the bombing run sequence in, uh, in, last, <laughs> in, uh, in last, last Jedi, Jedi should have been. Mm. Mm-hmm. See, uh, these are the sequels. Yeah. These are the sequels we deserve. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, man, I, should, I, I, I just mean, on everything, I just mean, you know, the the way the mines functioned made uh, more sense than the the drop. The I, and I, I know, them? I know why Ryan Johnson did what he did. I know he wanted to to mimic the World War II uh, combat tropes, and, right. and I know that that's what he was trying to evoke with that. But the the three dimensional minefield was just beautiful I was like, that's yeah. you, if you don't know what vector they're coming in on you don't have to readjust your position you've got them surrounded already as soon as they drop out of hyperspace right and you don't have to actively do anything about it right no risk to pilots no risk to ships other that are you know to your own ships right and it was always my sarlat killer shot I just couldn't get the shot right, but oh, flying just... out of that whale and then seeing them, I'm like, wow, like that yeah. was just that was yeah. quite the sight. Um, that was that was probably the coolest part because you're thinking right. when you when you see the red flashes outside of the mouth, you're like, oh right. man, they're just getting blasted right now. And then you they come out and you're like, oh no, that's way worse. What the <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's much worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Hu Yang was a little firecracker this whole episode. Like, <laughs> from basically right now until the end of the episode. Um, is he your favorite character yet, guys? Or is that just me? He's a number two for me, very close. Okay. But he's, I mean, he's really good. It's, it's David Tennant. I'm going to love him no matter what yeah, he's David doing. David Tennant rocks. Top three. <laughs> he's he's yeah. phenomenal. Even even when he's playing a villain, he's amazing. Yeah. Oh, the guy from uh, Harry Potter. No, oh, I was thinking Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, yeah. Yeah, I never watched that. Jessica, you oh, should. Man. You should watch that first he, season. He plays a he plays a uh, mind controlling villain, Ooh. and he is spectacular. Purple, man. He's, he makes that fucking season, kill man. grave, man. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot he did that. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, he was really good at that. Um, uh, I loved his delivery of all of his lines in this episode, though. Um, from he. he 
always, always understands the assignment. Yeah, when he's like yelling at Ahsoka, you know, I told you blah, 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 but you never. And then Ahsoka's like, listen, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and he just gets more frustrated about it. Um, I, I will say that my favorite Hu Yang sequence was when, oh my God, and I want to make a meme out of this so bad because Ahsoka and Balin are fighting at the end and he's like, you can't defeat me. And she's like, well, I don't have to. And then Hu Yang just comes flying in and sends off all the, the flares to distract. And then they just see him casually flying the ship away. I want there to be a whistle, like him whistling as he's flying away. You're going to make the uh, Thor 3 meme, the Ragnarok? Yeah. can't defeat me. Oh, my God. No, he can't. He can't. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, that or like just just some weird whistling tune where he's driving away and like. I, I think we just need to have like the TARDIS. Yeah. Noises he's coming flying back in. Oh, the warp did you guys, sound. Uh, did you guys read that article I sent earlier this week about um, the Hu Yang was dropped off at the Jedi Temple 20,000 years ago in a blue box? Oh, yeah. Oh, what? yeah. That's like canon. No, the, <laughs> yeah, no, his 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 canon um, origin is uh, a Doctor Who reference. Yeah, it's thousands of years ago. He was <laughs> dropped off at the Jedi Temple in a blue box. <laughs> How cool is that? Uh, is that for real? We go from Doctor yeah. Who to <laughs> Professor Hu Yang. That is so cool. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. So that's a that's a fun little tidbit. It's in our it's yeah. in our chat. Aaron Justin. and I were talking about it a bit last week because we'd gotten onto a whole Doctor Who riff. Yeah, there was a lot of Doctor Who show. last week for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know they this whole sequence. It's a good little battle sequence, or not battle, but like a a, a starfighter sequence through space and stuff. I I liked watching that. Um. But basically, and this I, is. Sorry, go for it, Phil. I, I, it, it threw me off for a second when I saw the uh, the fighters coming out because it, it wasn't Thrawn scrambling his TIE fighters. Mm-hmm. It was the fighters it was from Morgan the Elspeth's, Eye of Sion. It was Morgan Elspeth's fighters from yep. on board the Eye of Sion. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it was the same that. fighter craft. It, it was the same fighter craft we saw earlier and in you, the season. Uh, you can tell by were, the laser cannons the way they sound. <laughs> And, you know, the fact that they weren't TIE fighters. Yeah, that too. I was wondering why he didn't have any TIE fighters. Because in the last episode, he was yeah. talking about conserving resources. He's conserving you know? resources. He may not have any TIE fighters left at this point. He does. There, right. You can see him in the Star Destroyer. I, well, that's true. He's got the handful. Uh, he's got the ones in the hangar that you yeah. can see on the racks above the night troopers. That's fair. Um, um, but this still, is... he's not wanting to waste anything that's still on board the Chimera. <laughs> yep. If he can help it. And I, I love that this is where this chess match begins. It's right here mm -hmm. when Ahsoka hides in the in the whales, in the, the debris or whatever, and then Thrawn is like, All right, find her and calls in the Night Sisters to find her. And then there's kind of like a little it's like he gets a he gets a smirk or a twinkle in his <laughs> eye when he starts looking down at the chess table and like figuring out his next move and like you know, determining where he wants to go. It's he's like, I'm back at it. Here we go. This is this is what I live my he's life. He's so in. happy. He's so happy to have someone he believes is a worthy adversary again. Oh, yes. that's beautiful. Yep. And it's, he, it's time to lose that COVID. Imagine, 
Can you imagine how bored Thrawn Dude. has been <laughs> for the last He's decade. probably playing chess with his stormtroopers and just like... <laughs> Pitiful. God damn it. <laughs> for me, it was a nice throwback uh, once he learned it was Ahsoka and got all the information and learned that Anakin was her master. Dude, you notice he shit his pants right there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he started analyzing Anakin, and it threw it back to uh, that episode in Kenobi, where Obi-Wan's able to um, basically predict all Vader's moves. Not even not talking about lightsaber moves, but what he's going to do next. Right. Because of that fight behave. they had. Yeah. Well, and also in the, I believe it's the comics, Thrawn, there's yeah. a canon ep- issue where Thrawn figures out that Anakin is Darth Vader. Like, he, he knows he who does, Anakin is. He does is. put it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it did like, not know that. Yeah, it's it's pretty soon after the Clone Wars ends, I think, where he kind of puts things together. He was like on a mission with Vader. Maybe it's yeah, actually they, in the they, Ascendancy series. Uh, there's a there's a reference to it in yeah in Zahn's new um, the new trilogy newer, uh, trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it's not the comics, but in um, the Thrawn Ascendancy, they That's, they work yep. together. Yep, yeah. and he kind of puts it all together that he's. Anakin. So, I think that's why he shit his pants so hard. Whenever he <laughs> reads that, I mean, even if even if he didn't, he knows Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. And he can imagine what his what Anakin's apprentice would be like, and how much of a right. threat, an unpredictable threat, yeah. Skywalker's apprentice might Dangerous. be. I yeah. mean, his his just reaction where he's like, "Are you sure there's only one Jedi starfighter? Like, are you sure?" <laughs> Because yeah, because if if there's oh, more, <laughs> we could be screwed. <laughs> I think I think he was anticipating, I think he was anticipating the arrival of the fleet, or at least the Phoenix Squadron. Yeah, maybe. If they got Sabine, I mean, you would you would assume the Phoenix Squadron is going to show up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if multiple enemies are already figuring out where he was, you know, yep. he was never expecting to see Sabine Wren again and yet here she is with ahsoka tano on her heels yep so do you Mm. think there's like a some sort of deal that the night sisters and thrawn have in place yes because i feel like they follow him without question what what do you think that is justin uh this is a wild theory but i think the stormtroopers are held together with magic just like your boy ezra was uh merrick 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 Merrick. Yeah, and then he boom bursts into a cloud of dust. Magic. So maybe, maybe they're like, all right, I'm, I'm, we're tacking along for the, the, the long ride because uh, all of our magic is tied up with these guys. The long shot, very, very long. I, I think they definitely have their own reasons for wanting to get to the main galaxy to get. I'm not gonna say back. But yep. if uh, if the witches can make it to Dathomir, that's going to be huge for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and could potentially set up a lot of their own. You know, who knows what their actual plots are? Yeah, I think it's. I think Dathomir is on their list of like places to be. Hugh, do you? I guess you wouldn't really know. You don't really know about the Night Sisters, do you? 
because of like Re- they were in Rebels and Clone Wars. All right. The only time I've really encountered them, like uh, Knights Jedi. of Jaren from um, Fallen Order. Right. So I, I kind of know a little bit, but. And there was a little, a, g- a good amount of backstory of Night Sisters there, because you, yeah. right. oh, you yeah. fight the dude that's on Dathomir, and like yep. you, the lady joins you, and so you get you get some good Night Sister background, but yeah, I mean, you get a lot of the the magic in Clone Wars and right. Rebels. Like in Rebels, Sabine actually gets possessed by a Night Sister spirit. And there's uh, ooh, that's like right. Some, there's some things that are very interesting right now because of that. Because technically, Sabine still owes the Night Sisters a soul mm-hmm. for what mm. they did. So <laughs> there's there's some uh, cool implications with the Night Sisters being back in the fold. Um, I can't remember if it was this episode or last, but. Um... Uh, I think Balin kind of references like the old Dathomiri Empire, and I think that could be kind of the end goal for the Great Mothers. Yeah. Um, and Ricky says stormtroopers are magic rather than clones. Did I get that right? Uh, I th- <laughs> I think that's kind of what you got. I'm I'm not under that impression. I think they're all actual stormtroopers. I think their armor is held together by magic, or it was fixed by magic. But I think all those coffins that they're loading up into yeah. the Star Destroyer have more to do with the Night Sisters and their magic than the actual stormtroopers themselves. I think those are real people. Um, some of them might be undead, maybe, but when Thrawn disappeared, I mean, how many how many people are on a um, Imperial class Star Destroyer? I mean, uh, how, there's Phil. at least several <laughs> thousand. Ten thousand, right? <laughs> several thousand, if I recall I, correctly. It's right. got to be um, at least ten thousand. Yeah, so and twelve. Super Bowl safety. So. I mean, a lot, a lot of them, yeah, would have perished in the like transportation to the other galaxy right. from the Purgles, but at the same time, and over time, I'm sure a lot of them died, especially going to a new galaxy, a new planet, figuring things out. But Thrawn loves uh, his people. Ten thousand, almost, as far as just the stormtrooper complement. Okay. Uh, and like forty-five thousand, roughly, in other crew. Uh, for an imperial class uh, star destroyer. Wow! So there that's, you go. And that's, that's a lot straight of off. Like, it's a city. That's straight off of Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. So that that strikes me as being like really big, right? Um, because I mean, just as an example, uh, I got to spend a week on board a um, uh, aircraft carrier uh, mm. a few years back. That's cool. Uh, and the. Uh, total like crew complement, like including the fighter wings, was around five thousand. So, and the, I mean, a star destroyer is probably three times the size of a of that. You know what I mean? Oh, at least, at least. So, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I would assume that he's got a pretty good. He's probably got a good amount of stormtroopers left from mm-hmm. that journey. Um, but I, I, I do think the Night Sisters have some sort of deal with Thrawn with all their dead bodies that they're loading up because those are dead. Those are coffins. There's no doubt about right. it. Like those, <laughs> those are coffins. So yeah. something's yeah. gonna happen with those guys. Which I mean, maybe like they're we were kyber about crystals. Last week. Get out! No, 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 no. They're kyber crystals for uh, the reincarnated emperor's new uh, star destroyer fleet. They're. Tie into the sequel. You're welcome. Oh, 
Oh, you no. think this is part of all oh, gearing up for? <laughs> they have for been the, trying the last to order. They have, yeah, they have been trying to uh, over the course of the shows. They have been filling in kind of gaps and holes here and there. Mentioning in, cloning like, with the uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, Hugh's totally right. Yeah. He, they, he's been hinting a little bit, trying to make up for the sequels or at least tie some uh, strings. He's going to make yeah. the sequels make sense, and I think that Thrawn <laughs> is putting yes. together the Katana fleet. That the em- that the emperor would yeah, use, which would be considered the final order. So I think that's how, that's how th- like the emperor is gonna come back. There's probably gonna be some night sister magic, along with cloning, and then there's gonna be them finding the uh, star destroyer fleet for Palpatine. And then of course it'll get derailed, and they have the first order from Thrawn that he gives to keep that going would be my be my guess like they gotta have something that sends off the first order and man, not all heroes wear capes man that's a tall order making that sequel trilogy <laughs> make sense no capes <laughs> oh, but if they do it the imagine if they do it though the battle of jack was in the aftermath series yeah do it's, we know that it was done at yeah it was done at the be yeah. like right after jedi yeah, Battle of Jakku takes place almost immediately after Endor. Yeah. Damn. Read the Aftermath oh, yeah. series, dude. I, don't, I need to. I need to. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, it is. It's it's a lot of fun. But anyway, um, I, there's there's a lot of theories going around with the Night Sisters and the coffins and things, and I'm just excited to see what's going to happen next week. Um, oh, I, yeah. Like I said a couple weeks ago after the Merrick thing, I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to make any more. God, I wish I could have talked shit. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you still can. You did. Uh, Yeah, it's fine. You just weren't here live at the time. I got a lot of shit from a lot of people. Trust me. Um, And I'm now getting shit for something else that I'm going to bring up when we get to that subject, which is it's kind of funny. So let's talk about Ezra and Sabine a little bit. Um, Yeah. Sabine is basically filling Ezra in on everything that happened, right? The fall of the Empire, uh, Emperor Palpatine's death, what Zeb's doing, which is training recruits, which is cool. We get it, we know where he is now. And it um, makes sense as to why he's hanging out at um, at the base with Carson. Yeah, with, uh, what is it, Alpha Centauri? At Alpha Base. Is it Alpha Centauri? Am I just, am I just thinking, no. am I mixing you're, you're, sci-fi you're, movies? Yeah, I think you are. Yes, God, man. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, Sabine fills Ezra in on everything, um, but she's a terrible. There, thank you, Adelphi base. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's a terrible liar, and <laughs> I also think Ezra is a terrible liar. I think something is uh, something's up with him. I think he's a little off. Um, something's up. Do you guys that? Do you, do you guys get? The feeling that Ezra might be not Ezra anymore, Hugh. I guess you wouldn't um, know because you never watched Rebels. <laughs> right, right, but I, I, I think, just, I think he's better than Ezra. Oh, jeez. Oh, you, you, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming <laughs> <laughs> all season, man. <laughs> You've been holding that one in for a while, huh? 
Nah, I've done this at least like every episode for the last like three weeks. <laughs> you didn't get one last episode, I don't think. But you got all the Doctor Who references in to make up for it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. No, he, he does what seem. Makes you... Go ahead. Uh, he, he seems different, yes. But, I mean, how much of that can be attributed to just the the isolation to just the, I, I mean, I'm sure he had resigned himself to the fact that he was never getting off that planet again. Right. You know, that he was just stuck on Peridia. It's got to take uh, a, for, a mental toll to realize that, hey, these turtle hobbits are my family. Sure. Hurdles. <laughs> turtle, turtle. Tur crabs. I guess my question would be what about him seems off because I like obviously I don't Um, have that kind of a point of reference, but go ahead, Phil. He seems normal for someone who's been stranded at (laughs) exile and hanging out with (laughs) turtle rock creatures. I mean, what I thought was odd that was the lightsaber exchange. Like, can anyone explain that to me? Was that the the offness you're trying to get to? That and that's part of it. He's just got some weird, I don't know. He just vibes are off. The vibes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Where he's right. like really excited to get back home, oh, which right. makes sense, but he doesn't care about anything else. Like he doesn't care about how Sabine got there or how they're even going to get home or anything like that. And then yeah, the lightsaber thing kind of throws me off a little bit. In in, um, in their defense, they were it, since the moment they met, they've been in nonstop action. Yeah, true. I, well, I I just want to I just want to like I want to edit over the sound. You know, just have that scene of them driving along and just start playing slow ride. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I brought up a thing. It was in a in the I think you're in the same rebels group. Justin, but um, oh, I someone know. asked someone asked why Ezra didn't use the lightsaber, and I replied because he uses the dark side now, and he knew that if he used the lightsaber, it would bleed the crystal. Um, now I've, I've gotten a lot of responses that say I'm a complete idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about, and that you bleed crystals differently, and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, is that a thing? Would would something happen if a dark side user used a Jedi weapon? Maul in Rebels, I want to say, disarmed them and then used their lightsaber against them. Ezra okay. and them. Well, what's the timeline? Because, I mean, technically Anakin does it too, right? Like, when he changes? Yeah, you're right. Like, his lightsaber is still. Yeah, when he's Lord when Vader. When he's Lord Vader. Okay. Ooh. See, that's that's kind of where I was. I was like, is it because he's maybe using more dark side now that he doesn't want to use a, a lightsaber? Well, at, at old old EU, uh, they basically just they were red blades because they were using synthetic kyber crystals, right? Not the genuine article. And and this in the new in the new like canon, you bleed the crystal basically. Yeah. Yeah, um, you kind of sap the light side energy out of it. Yeah, and and pour some of your own dark side energy in. But but that's say. the thing is is if he's using so much dark side, would he 
pull the light side out of that original crystal that he had. He dabbled in in rebels with the dark side. He like trained with the Sith holocron for a little bit, <laughs> without anybody noticing. You know, like he. I, I mean, he knows. Everyone was busy. <laughs> well, when you're stranded and you have to fight <laughs> unsupervised you know, crazy. <laughs> Well, if you're stranded having to fight bandits and crazy yeah. scavengers and stuff, like you're probably going to use every tool you have. And if that means using the dark side, I mean, look at, yeah. there's a lot of theories online that there's his chain mail is made out of stormtrooper dog tags. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, if it was, point for magic stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> True. But then at the same time, does that also point towards Ezra maybe using more dark side because Jedi were not very keen on killing people. So I don't know. It's sure. just it's just a, a thought that maybe that's why. And it could just be because he did actually give it to Sabine and Sabine should be the one to use it. I mean Ahsoka's got a fucking stash of lightsabers on her <laughs> on her ship. So he's got plenty to choose from, you know? Um I just thought it was interesting that that could have been a possibility that maybe he's too far gone into the dark side that, you know, He's uh, he can't use the lightsaber. Also, I don't. Why is he still alive? I don't, if Thrawn had an idea, turtle hobbits. Turtle <laughs> hobbits are are the shit, man. There's no way that turtle hobbits are, are are super chill and they'd hang out with the dark side guy. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah, um, Thrawn still has a a star destroyer full of stormtroopers, and like, how did Ezra get away? See, this is some things that I want to know. I want to know the backstory <laughs> of. How Ezra got away from Thrawn when they got to the galaxy? It's ten years. They were the same this when he that, but yeah, go ahead, Hugh. Because when he jumped, made the jump with the Purgle, he was still on the ship. Like they were all on the ship. Yep. So, and including all of the stormtroopers that were on the ship with them. Right. <clears throat> so I mean, did and did I they I really just throw him out I to the my numbers earlier? Hmm. I goofed on my numbers earlier. That that forty five thousand is like the total, including the storm, the like ten thousand stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. That's like you're talking like total. lieutenants and janitors. Yeah, and, and pilots, the entire the support staff, everybody on board the carrier. Right. Which is are on board the the star destroyer, which calculated it's roughly five times the length of a. Uh, uh, like Nimitz class star uh, aircraft carrier. Jesus Christ! With the knowledge, um, so... I, I just have internet <laughs> access, man. <laughs> so, I just have internet like, and ADHD. Star for one time or a bit, but um, to answer your question about why he didn't accept the lightsaber, it could just be like, like he didn't have one all this time. Maybe he's just more he's comfortable rusty with or the something force, with the force, like, and he's pretty good with the force. Like, yes. I don't know. Yep. If we're at that part in the discussion yet, like, did Force he actually like, bend the lightsaber? Like, oh, was that a like little a bit. Mistake? Oh, what like, a moment. Yeah, he um, definitely pushed it back. He He's caught, very powerful. He catches yeah. Shin's blade and pushes it back. Yeah. Like, he <laughs> it. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. We get, we finally get to see the Star Wars version of the bare hand blade block. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's. Ooh. And it was. Right. And that's, it was. Yeah. So, I mean, he may have just hit full, like, Force Monk. I mean, right. he did say he's one with the Force, and that's like Chirrut shit from Rogue One. <laughs> he's one with the Force, and the Force is with him. 
Did he say he's one of the force? I don't remember. He said something like that. I think he's like the force is all he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The force is my ally. Was what he said, I believe. Um, But at the same time, like it's possible. You know, there's no way that Thrawn just let that dude go. Right. Maybe he was General General Phil. I need your opinion. Okay. Maybe he was tired of wasting resources and throwing at one person. I I think that is definitely a possibility. Uh, he could have seen, you know, that it was pointless to keep, you know, throwing troops at Ezra, and to just like maybe just hoping he'd go off and starve and die on his own. But I just we can't see that. Seen, <laughs> we haven't seen any interaction between Ezra and Thrawn yet. Will we? No, but we've seen I get the feeling. Between... I get the feeling we're going to get some flashback scenes coming up. How tall Ooh. is Enoch? Shorter than Thrawn. <laughs> oh, no, Isn't no. Than... <laughs> Don't you know. That took me a while. Don't you try to do that connection. <laughs> Ezra. Maybe, maybe that's all they needed was just to clone him. And that's he was like, you know what? I have your equal now. If you want to come at me, you have <laughs> what to if, kill you. What if the clone is with the turtle hobbits? See, that's that. actually something. That's actually something that I tossed out uh, as soon as we first met Enoch. <laughs> exactly. So uh, same idea. I'm like, is that Ezra? Like, <laughs> if that's actually Ezra, and the the clone uh, of Ezra is uh, the one that Sabine is, you know, finally meeting up with. Here's the thing. If that is a clone that uh, is out there with Sabine right now, then it's a Force-sensitive clone. Right. So did they find a way to actually clone Jedi? Oh, different, shit, yeah. different galaxies. They wouldn't be communicating, though. Well, Night Sisters, though. Night Sisters oh, could help God with it. it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, dude, there's a lot of possibilities here with Ezra. Um, and that's why I brought that up is because he is a little off in this. And of course, being stranded for nine years in a different galaxy is going to turn anyone different. <laughs> um, I mean, Thrawn has a freaking beer gut now. So that wasn't for. And again, I want to just say, yeah, his uniform has been patched. Yes, his uniform has been repaired, but it is still as close to spotless white as he can get it. Yep. And that is dedication. He yep. he's a pristine guy. No shit. So I think the last thing that we need to cover, I mean, of course, whatever else you guys have to cover, um, we'll get there. But the last thing that I have is Balin and Shin and and Ahsoka, basically. So Balin basically just goes full on nomad here. He's like, Hey Shin, we aren't on the same page. So you go do your thing, and I'm going to go do my thing. Ah, there and, you go. And she was very, she looked very hurt Shocked. about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Surprised, hurt, and like. Let's say hesitant. No, confused. This was definitely not the way she was expecting this mission to go. Right. And so I think that kind of debunks the whole Shin is Balin's daughter theory. Uh, that's That's been a thing floating around. I don't think that would. I don't think Balin would just leave his daughter to go, you know. Regardless, regardless of place. Jedi thoughts on attachment. <laughs> right. No um, one could do that. But it, it it really 
brings up that question, like, what the F is Balin playing at here? What is he looking for? What's this power that he thinks he's going to find? Justin? Zepho. I think it's going to okay. be tied into the Zepho, and this is how Cal Kestis gets uh, introduced eventually. Yeah, so- <laughs> right? Right? I want to see live-action Cal. <laughs> But, so, but so like the explain Zepho. the Zepho for people. Yeah, explain the Zepho. The Zepho are an ancient uh, force-wielding race that most of the current galaxy, I believe, have forgotten about. But like during throughout the games, you you try to uh, find more information about these uh, ancient people, and then it continues with the uh, story. And I don't want to ruin. Uh, it's very yeah. interesting to look at the the Zepho's heads and the way that they look and look at the bandits and their helmets because in a way their oh. helmets kind of resemble the Zepho head the and leader. it's very hmm. possible that they actually worship the Zepho and that's why Balin was so quick to team up with them um, and he kind of wants to, I, I'm sure that that's I'm sure that's on the docket is to find the Zepho because from from what I understand and I never played the second Jedi but from everything I've read the Zepho were the first force users in the normal galaxy and then they basically like changed places with the Night Sisters the Night Sisters came from Peridia to the to our galaxy and then the Zepho went from our galaxy to Peridia is what I've kind of gathered um it would be it would be interesting to tie in. I I know they're trying to go for more um, continuity in between all the different media mm-hmm. um, across the mm-hmm. books, the movies, the games, everything. So tying Zepho in would be interesting because um, they're supposed to have been like extinct. The people were supposed to have been yeah. extinct by the Clone Wars, right? Oh god, uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're like yeah. an ancient force sensitive race, but yeah, like wiped out though before long before the like current era. My question New was theory. who like made the architecture regarding the map? Like is that like I thought yeah. that might be Zepho or is it the Night Sisters? Like well, they looking had... at the looking at the little orbs that the Night Sisters carry uh, that the three carry. The point they're they're similar. Right. So and there was Zepho writing in um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order and stuff too. Yeah, um, yep. and most <laughs> of the Jedi temples that they went to. I am trying to find. Um, there is a phrase above one of the doorways um, that Thrawn is standing in front of last episode that someone actually deciphered. And it says, um, raise Kujet, ruler of all, may his reign last for all. I believe Kujet was the original leader of the Zepho. Um, And so that could be something these Night Sisters are trying to do as well, is raise this guy, whoever Kujet is. Um, So that was was a pretty cool little tidbit uh, that people kind of deciphered the writing on the walls. Um, and it has a it, wow. It's an extreme callback. Yeah, it's an extreme callback to, to the Jedi series. K U J E T. 
So he was the ruler of the mysterious Zepho species reigning from his seat on Dathomir. Seems to have been corrupted by the dark side, massacring everyone standing in his way. We lose trail of the Zepho's history in the old Star Wars galaxy sometime, sometime after his death, when another Zepho led the remainder of the species into the great unknown, which would be the other galaxy. Oh, they're totally tying it into that. So, That's fun. Right? Um, I thought that was, that was a really cool... Uh, Cool thing. And I guess people are saying that maybe Hu Yang is actually designed to kind of resemble a Zepho. Look at oh. his head. Look at his, the way yeah. his head is shaped. So, like, if he's a Zepho droid, he can probably read that writing. He popped it in a little blue box. It would. It would also explain why they decided to bring Hu Yang, of all the characters they could have had accompanying Ahsoka on this. Mm-hmm. We, we pulled that thread and we saw your plan, Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a either way, it's a cool reference, even if it doesn't go anywhere. And this is yeah. strictly about Thrawn and like his help with the Night Sisters. Um, there has to be a big bad, and Thrawn can't be it. Thrawn and Shin cannot be the big bads of the Mandoverse um, story. Yes, we're going to get a battle with a Mythosaur. Yes, we're going to get some sweet Starfighter action with Thrawn and some cool chess matches with, with him and, and his things. But there has to be a big bad that everyone needs to come together to defeat. So, um, some food, food for thought. Uh, I'm sure we'll figure out a lot more of that when we get into the finale and into more of the Floniverse, which, by the way, can, I believe, start being written again because the strike has been... Partially resolved. Yes, they're not picketing the, anymore. The WGA, they need to vote the WGA, on it. WGA is uh, is done. Uh, SAG-AFTRA is still currently on strike. Um, they just, they're, it's a, they're waiting on a vote, I believe. Yeah, right. They're, 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 it, it has not officially ended on the SAG after side. Also, it looks like we're seeing some uh, um, video game industry people uh, joining in start on that. to move in that direction. So, good. Those guys yeah. get screwed harder than the writers do. Very good collective action, collective bargaining action going on. Don't fuck good with so. my video games, man. <laughs> they're about to. <laughs> Um, so to basically wrap everything up, there's a lot that can go on next week in the finale. Um, oh yeah. I want to just ask each one of you guys, what do you, what is your like top prediction, prediction for, yeah, let's, let's go around the room. Let's start with Hugh. What would be your top prediction for next week? Man, top prediction for next week. That Zepho thing has me pretty excited. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like we, we had some crazy like predictions for the Mando finale. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like none of them Nothing came actually. Like, Grogu riding the Mythosaur. <laughs> we did get a little Grogu in the Mythosaur. Uh, oh, man. Which I still think oh, could happen. Dude, could, whole, you, could you imagine? The red herring about the armor being... <laughs> You know, oh, the yeah. traitor and, and axes, loaves. There is the no traitor. <laughs> I mean, I'll make, I'll, I'll get some low hanging fruit here. I'll save the, the tougher stuff for you guys. But um, I'll go ahead and say that uh, we're actually going to see some pretty, pretty good force usage out of uh, Sabine here. Like, mm -hmm. I think she's, we, we've been leading to that all season. I know that's, that's barely a prediction, but a force push. Something in a moment of need. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. 
that's I'll, I like I'll, that. Yeah. I'll, I'll piggyback on that. I think uh, I think she's going to get disarmed at some point and will do the the classic lightsaber pull. Yep, reach out for the lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's um, like the because, last callback we have that we need. Because here's the thing, that is one of the very first physical uses of the force we ever saw Luke Skywalker do. It's one of the right. first ones of the it's one of the first physical uses of it we ever saw in the in the franchise. Yeah, with the, the lightsaber pole on Hoth. And it was the first That's thing... how she beat Shin. There we go. I'll, I'll up it up a little bit. All right, all right. There you go. I think uh that was the first thing that Ray did as well with the force aside from the mind trick which oh god, no. I don't even want to get there. <laughs> Never mind. Um Justin, what would be your wait, Phil, did you get into your top or did you, uh, you just I, piggyback? I, I still think I still think we're gonna see the surviving crew of the ghost get back together. Now I think we're gonna jump back to the main galaxy uh and probably end with like Giono just being like, Oh, oh that's Thrawn <laughs> and kind of his oh shit moment when he realizes that Hera was not lying, that she was, you know, actually mm. correct. I think Giono's on the Imperial payroll. I, I, we had a whole <laughs> conversation about Giono and his yeah. whole like later chronological appearance in yeah. Star Wars Resistance. Because he's um, still on the Senate in Resistance. Yeah. So yeah. even if he messes up here, he's still on the Senate. But, right. you know, I think Fela I mean, in Thrawn, the Thrawn series, was still on the Senate after his betrayal, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. Failure, yeah. Didn't they keep him on there? Yep. So it's very possible that Justin was saying in the chat earlier that um, Ziono could be taking the Fela spot from, oh, totally uh, is. from the yeah. Thrawn trilogy. He's, so. he's just an asshole who's an opportunist. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. What's your yeah. top prediction, Justin, for the finale? Um, I I hope they're gonna end it like a Breaking Bad and leave it on a climax. And so here's I want to see Thrawn realize he can't go back to the other galaxy. Oh, yeah. There'll be some. Kind Why of, not? Now I'm. Maybe the ship blows up or dysfunctions, and they have no good way to get back up to the ring thing or something or rather. Because I mean, they were um, they were on. Uh, Thrawn was on the Eye of Sion. Was he? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. That's where he's. That's yeah, where he was that's... doing all of his tactical shit. Well, yeah. Something will derail their plans, and then they'll be stuck there. And then everyone's okay. been wanting to see the reunion or the true reunion with the the Phoenix crew, and see how how the other galaxy is going to react to the Thrawn's coming. But nope. It's not going to get there. We're just going to give you a cock tease. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be a tease, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. I, I really think that Ahsoka and the and gang are going to have to play the stowaway game, and they're going to have to find a way to sneak onto the Star Destroyer or the Eye of Sion and like hang out there until they get back to the real galaxy. Um, what my well, my top prediction is that Ahsoka is going to land her Jedi Starfighter on the Star Destroyer mm -hmm. right as before the, they go into hyperspeed. The docks with the Scion and goes. Yep, he, she's going to pull a freaking Han Solo 
and park right on the side that she needs to park so they can't trace her and she's just gonna be there as they go into hyperspace and then and then she'll hop out of her, the star cruiser on and ride the side of it like a badass and just <laughs> like tom cruise start and swatting that stuff <laughs> <laughs> she's been doing a lot of crazy stuff on the side of her ship. yeah it's like wow <laughs> but i they have to come back um just to to conclude the Filoni verse and make a movie they have to come back to the real galaxy like, that's the movie though yeah that's the movie and, and maybe you're right maybe it is maybe the next season of Ahsoka because they are planning on a second season of Ahsoka a fourth season of Mandalorian and all that stuff maybe that's when Thrawn will come back um I would be kind of sad though because that would mean that unless Balin dies in this next episode it means that his story probably continues and we're going to have to go on without Ray Stevenson. I I would like to see, um, like, if if uh, Valen survives the finale, I would like to see them carry his character on in a book. Ooh, oh, I'm I'd sure they it. will. He's so popular, they have to be already thinking about putting him in some sort of other story. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think it would be a, a fitting tribute to Ray Stevenson for his his acting career. You yeah, know? It's just like, hey, your one of your last roles was this character, and we're gonna we're gonna keep that character going. Right. You know? And you know, you I mentioned think, favorite characters earlier. Yeah, Yang's a close second, but uh, Balin Skull, man, he's I like that guy a lot. <laughs> they could okay, they could okay. leave him there. Like he could stay there, and they all travel back to the galaxy, and then that's that's when you get Mandalorian season four, when you're seeing Thrawn gather the troops, basically, and you know Mando is being hired to track down these different Imperial warlords, and then you have Ahsoka season two, where they're getting the Phoenix crew back together to actually battle Thrawn, and then you have the movie where there's the big you know the big battle. So, I mean. That would mean either way, Thrawn make, has to come back to the galaxy. That that it, it, according to that timeline, that would mean you'd have to make a movie of nonstop action because all the plot yeah. has already been covered. <laughs> not necessarily. Uh, not if they raise the Kujet. Uh, not if yeah. at the end of Ahsoka season two they raise Kujet on Dathomir, and then you have this Big force god that you yeah. have to defeat what uh, what if they side thought what that would be dope <laughs> side just th- grogu riding the mythosaur and destroying kujet oh that'd be so <laughs> sick <laughs> if started uh, with baby yoda it ends with baby yoda. it fucking better dude it better <laughs> what if they recasted his character like who would you want to see because i know who Ray i want to see yeah John Cena. I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> Peacemaker up in here. Like, let's go. How about, how about this? You ready? Ready? Ron Perlman. I'd take it. Oh, that's good. I'd take that or David Harbour. The other Hellboy. <laughs> I I would rather see Perlman. Yeah, uh, I think of, so too. of those two. The, like really. I love David Harbour. Um. But I also want to see him be able to you Although, know, finish up Stranger Things. What about the guy that plays Sandman in Spider-Man Three? Um, oh, um, Marco. I don't know. That's the character. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. his name, but he might be all right because he's 
fairly old now. You put a beard on him. He's pretty big still, so... What was that guy's name? Thomas Hayden Church? Yes, yeah, Thomas, Thomas Hayden, Hayden Church. Church. There we go. Yeah. Oh, I just I thought think, of, uh, like, Disney would never, ever cast Ron Perlman. You guys hear about this? His uh, reaction to Go the on. Disney or Bob I or is it Bob Eikerman or oh oh his reaction oh, yeah, no, to the his uh just... yeah his uh reaction to what he said <laughs> about the the whole strike oh, oh yeah they oh, would never do that. oh yeah it was yeah no uh, not as long as yeah, Bob no. Iger is there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was. That is absolutely right. beautiful. Uh, I I absolutely adore Ron yeah, Coleman. I, I did kind of like those guys getting uh, getting destroyed by the other celebrities. I could kinda... I could see I could see Thomas Hayden Church maybe, but I I really just I don't think they'd bother. I don't think no, they would do it. I don't think they do either, especially if they leave him on that planet. I think before like that's if he didn't pass away, technique. right? And if he didn't pass away, they could continue his story from there. But if you know if they just leave him, then there's not, you know, fuck it. <laughs> I don't know if he has the height, but maybe uh, Ian Glenn from Game of Thrones, uh, okay. Jorah Mormont. Yeah. Oh. Maybe, maybe he can do it. Okay. Every time I see Balin, I see like a knight. And, like, I just, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There the are... way he fights, everything about him. It, like... There are always Game of Thrones actors coming to Disney and stuff. Right. So that would make a lot of sense. I, mm, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. He could be pretty good, too. Yeah. Good picks. Um, let's move on to some more picks for this episode, which go. I like to call our segments. And we're going to start off with the, uh, It's the Sarlacc Killer Scene, where, where we talk about our favorite still shot of each episode. We always like to start with our wonderful guests. So, Hugh, your Sarlacc Killer Scene comes in at the 29 minute and 52 second mark. Go ahead and tell us about this scene. Yeah, man, just just take it in for a second, first of all. But um, this was my pick, by the way, and then you uh, ruined it. I sniped it. I I, <laughs> I I actually thought about snagging this one too, so I'm glad you got it, Hugh. Yeah. Um, this is this what this show has done incredibly well uh, for me is just the way they've done the sword play, um, or saber play, if you will, just the various stances we see Ahsoka go through. Um, she's got the uh, two lightsaber here. We've seen her with one. We've seen her do the uh, the quick strike when the droid is like spinning his dual bladed lightsaber, and she just knocks it up and slashes him real quick. We've seen her do the reverse grip. Um, we've seen her switch stances mid fight, especially her um, fights with Balin. They're just super enjoyable, and just the technical aspects of these fights are just. For me, it's it's some of the best Star Wars lightsaber content out there. Like, I mean, for me, it's like Anakin Obi Wan. Like, I just even though it's a lot of flourishing, yeah, I just I love that. But this and there's is a close second right here. Star Wars is but, Star Warsing again, and this scene yeah. proves it. You know, like it's it's cheesy, it's kid friendly, but it's still just so freaking awesome. You right. know what I mean? Very. And this, this brief. Yeah, this brief stance, Always. and even even the music, even uh, Kevin Kiner's music was very right. like ancient kind of samurai stuff going on here. Dude, right. Hugh, and... I need to have you come over sometime and watch some uh, some Kurosawa samurai shit. <laughs> Blood throne, definitely. Blood in the throne, Macbeth. I mean, I've been <laughs> I've been playing a little uh, Ghost of Tsushima. 
Nice. Pants is in that as well. Yeah, um, I know, of course. Um, I just beat that Jedi game recently. Survivor. Dude, Ghost of Tsushima yeah. was... Inc- I can't wait for the second one, man. That's I incredible. It was free on PlayStation Plus or whatever one month, yeah. and I was like, I'll check this out, I guess. Let's see. Not and like dope. a month later, I'm like, I can't <laughs> stop playing this game. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, put the, I, I put the subs on. I was just like, yes. Dude, I need just, so much yeah, fun. Yeah, Jitsu Duel after yeah, Jitsu Duel. <laughs> Although, it, the, it was it, like it, a, I just want to fire up... Uh, you know, Jedi get Jedi Survivor. It's, yeah, or it, it kind of makes me want to fire up Shadow of Mordor again because yes. it's very similar to that kind of gameplay where you just oh, yeah, destroy yeah, orcs. Oh, so much fun! <laughs> but oh, excellent. Just the technicality pick. of the short fighting. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful um, choice. Excellent pick. Let's uh, uh, let's go on to Justin's pick because oh yeah, nice mm. dude. It's such a fun game. Yeah. Like, and it was such a surprisingly fun game, you know, because you're yeah. like, eh, Lord of the Rings, eh, whatever. And then when you start never chopping off orcs' faces, like, yeah. you're like, yeah, I can get down with this. <laughs> so, Justin. Sorry, man, I've been a Lord of the Rings fan since I was in, like, first grade. <laughs> hey, dude, me too. I read The Hobbit. I think it was second grade that I read The Hobbit. So I was I was a very good reader back in the elementary school, and I needed challenges. So I was reading Stephen King in third grade and, like, all sorts of shit. Wow. So it was... I you get a lot of pizza from the book it, dude? I did. I did. Yes. Hell yeah, man. Um, the book fairs were my favorite. Um, even, Galactics. like, so Jesse and I... Jesse and I know each other from kindergarten. And yeah. we were in the, like, advanced reading class in first grade. And, like, we were at a fifth grade reading level basically in first grade and it just like by the time i escalated yeah second grade came around and i was like i need some 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 better things so (laughs) yeah anyway justin your starlight killer scene comes in at the four minute and 54 second mark it's the most boring scene of the show why don't you tell us about this one Oh, so <sighs> I didn't pull the video. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. This is the <laughs> this is the the whole conversation with Tiva standing up, clarifying the timeline, and um, then like three PO eventually walks in and let's uh, give Zono or Ziono, whatever his name is, Shiono. Shiono, thank you, a piece of uh, Leia's mind, and then uh, he comes back with it's a Mia droid. And then during this photo is when uh, I believe uh, Chopper's what the fuck and shaking around <laughs> and they quickly pan back around. <laughs> but it's Chopper just giving his two cents, which is always my favorite. He's a sassy, sassy droid. Tiva's reaction. Tiva's reaction to Chopper's just like, hey, hey. Yeah. I think my favorite meme from this scene that's come out in the last day is it's just, it's Ziono and he says, it's dot, 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 mirror droid. And then it shows Chopper saying, you raggedy bitch. Like, (laughs) 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 like, because that's what he's saying. He's like, I will annihilate you. Do you, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know how many people I've killed? <laughs> yeah. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, a lot. It's been a lot. But yeah, no, this Chopper's brief little scene in this was worth every second because he he's definitely one of my favorite droids. That um, was the only and, excitement of the episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> you're still... You're still dunks on the episode. <laughs> <fucking> guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He just does that to get under my skin. That's all yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
He's like a brother. He's so like that easy. brother that just he like wouldn't always do it. He just pokes all the time. <laughs> and then I retaliate. <laughs> and then I have to do things in our opening videos. And it's what was the one this this uh oh yeah, because you kept talking about fucking Minch Yoda. And the push you in your goddamn place. <laughs> all right. I was a little sauce that episode. But Minch <laughs> Minch is real. Go back to we're I think that gonna, was episode we're just three. Edit this sequence I think that out. was Ahsoka episode three, where I basically the intro I cut thirty seconds into it, where I typed out basically Minchiota is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and if anyone ever says it again, they're taken out of the street. Like it was just a, you know, because Justin likes to poke, so I like to just kicking the balls back. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to Phil's Sarlacc killer scene, which comes in at the thirty-three minute and sorry, fifteen minute and eighteen second mark. Tell us about this shot. Uh so this is uh, Ahsoka and Hu Yang flying through the Pergil graveyard, and I just loved the composition of this shot. The lighting, all the shadow of the Pergil rib cage, just again emphasizing how big these things are mm. and how long these uh, these remains have been there, and it's just pretty. It's a very magnificent shot, it's, and the wide yeah. shots in this continue to impress. <sighs> yeah, um, um, outstanding work on the v on the part of the VFX team, uh, concept artists. They're absolutely killing it with this series. They really are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I uh, really liked this scene as well. Just the whole sequence of this. I couldn't find, like, the... I don't know. I feel like this was one of the this best is, lighting this is pretty shots. Much, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and uh, I'm going to throw this out there. I've been reading a book series, rereading a book series about space necromancers. Ooh. And this reminded me a lot of the cover art from the second book in the series okay. uh so uh tamsin muir's uh locked tomb series gideon the ninth harrow the ninth and uh nona the ninth so mm. far uh but yeah the cover for harrow is all like blue and black tommy arnold did spectacular cover work it's like blue and black and has the necromancer and skeletons all over the cover and it's gorgeous but nice. it made me think this it that made me think of that and it gotcha. all ties in yeah. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. It's an excellent pick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I love how all of our picks are just kind of all over the place this episode. Yes. Sometimes there's been a couple episodes where we all kind of pick a shot from the same sequence, <laughs> which is cool um, because they're different. But this one, it's, there's, they're, they're kind of scattered. So my shot comes in at the 33 minute and 37 second mark. Um, it's Thrawn looking <gasps> over the chessboard with Morgan Elsbeth. And you can just see him thinking so hard about what his next move is going to be. Um, and I love the dialogue that we get from a lot of these scenes, especially the one where, you know, Ahsoka shows up. And so you got Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra fighting the Imperials and Shin. Um, and he's just like, ah, oh, almost like the Jedi of old. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. Like, this guy knows what's up. And so he's... Right now, he's contemplating his next move. He's studying what these guys are doing, and he's just being the all-around Thrawn that I've known and loved since the 90s. You know, I, and, I think my favorite comment on 
this on one of these shots that I've seen is why does he have four pens? That seems like a lot of pens. <laughs> uh, are those and I, I know, I know they're his rank. I know they're his rank cylinders. They're code. They carry codes and access codes and things. I know what they're supposed to be in universe. Yeah, I just love the idea. Right, so that is saying, why does he need four pens? <laughs> <laughs> they're all different colors for different things. You know. No, they're all blue. It's Thrawn. They're all blue ink. You right. So no. you right. Blue and red. Blue and red. What's up? With that photo, is that like the twinkle in the eye you were talking about? Because I'm just not seeing it. Like he needs a piece of art. Yeah, and it's there's a lot of different scenes where when he's looking over the battlefield, it's like he you, he's still say, a very analytical character. I mean, he looks invigorated, absolutely. What's one of your favorite video games of all time, Justin? Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Okay. When you picked up Think the Final the Fantasy, Think about the Tower Defense game. No, 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 no. When you seven. when you picked <laughs> up the Final game. Fantasy VII remake, how did you feel when you started playing it? Ah, uh, so many emotions that, at once. And that's the feeling that Thrawn is getting right now. Oh, as okay, he's I get it. Getting back into the fold. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Perfect explanation. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit they rebooted my jedi <laughs> so, yeah so that's and that's what i'm saying it's like he's okay. you can just tell man you can tell he's so excited to be back in it there's a couple little smirks that he gets when he's like explaining what he's well, doing and that's the nice yeah. thing with lars like he knows the character is so pristine and stern <laughs> every little subtle facial expression has meaning behind it He's oh, he's killing it right now. He's killing it. See, so much for a boring episode. Let's move on to the next <laughs> segment. <laughs> it's the one chimers part of the episode where we talk about our favorite line of dialogue of each episode. Hugh, your one chimer was. I gave it to you. It's yours now. Please take a blaster. No, the force is my ally. That's all I need. Well, I'm going to need more than that. <laughs> so not only is this just great banter between Ezra and Sabine, but um, it kind of mirrors uh, what we've been seeing from Sabine all season in her Jedi training in that she's always been good with the weapons, but um, lacking in the Force. And then we have Ezra coming in just pretty much just using the Force. I love the juxtapos juxtaposition there, a little dichotomy there. Mm. Um, and I love that we're getting closer, I feel, to my prediction, which is obviously that she's going to end up doing using the Force and channeling um, <clears throat> her Force sensitivity in the finale. Um, but just love the the, con uh, the continuity of the story and her growth as a character um, in terms of that she's always been searching for this, uh, the connection that she needs to Force to truly become a Jedi. She's got the weapon skills down pretty much but it's that last bit that she's missing which is pretty huge if you want to be a big deal gotta have a little bit of a connection to the force to it's not a requirement or anything <laughs> <laughs> no but that's that's no, one some... of my uh no go, go ahead i was like, that's just an excellent scenes. explanation for the uh for that pick but one of yeah. your what now 
one of my favorite scenes from earlier in the season is when she uh tries to force push Shin just out of like sheer like like reflexes and shit. This, this, this crazed grin like look at her face is just like you have no power and then she just shoots her with the darts. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Yeah, and I still I still think she gave her a little force slap where she might have felt a little bit. It wasn't much, but he, you know. I'm waiting for the real thing. We'll get it next week. We hope, I hope we so. Hope. I hope so. Yeah. Excellent pick. Let's go on to Justin's one chimer. I thought you were dead. I miss this reunion. <laughs> if anyone knows Ahsoka. And especially from Rebels and watching her body language, that scene was the epitome of just being Ahsoka. Just the in this this reunion, the little like head <laughs> pop. It, it, that's just her, and I, I loved seeing that in live action. Like uh, Rosario is destroying the role but she's like encompassed the entire character and it's wonderful to see that uh uh transition to uh, the live action agreed and i really liked that line as well and then the music behind it was really good too because it's that ahsoka theme um but it's like a, a medley of the ahsoka theme from rebels and that's just oh Kevin Kiner's done such good work with the score throughout this whole series. And I love it. Good good pick. Excellent pick. Phil, let's go on to your one, Jim. One parting lesson, Shin. Impatience for victory will guarantee defeat. I think that is probably the single best piece of advice that any master has ever given their apprentice in the history of star wars i just and no, it, it no matter up. what the master or apprentice is sith or jedi yeah. that is the best piece of yeah. advice or, or even you know mandalorian yeah don't don't rush mm -hmm. don't don't try to do things before their time um and and again assuming we're not going to get you know, another season of Balin Skull. Um, it's a hell of a line for him to end their companionship on. Like, I have been here. I've been teaching you. This is the last best advice I can give you. Yep. Uh, if you want to survive. And her reaction is just like, you really are leaving. You so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I still feel like he's trying to kind of nudge her away from the the empire true sith mm. but also not necessarily trying to push her to the jedi either do you think she's being pulled to the light when ahsoka tries to help her i the think there's definitely some influence there yes mm. um i think she's severely reconsidering you know everything that she has done with getting to Thrawn, because um, what's it gotten them? Off to another galaxy, and then what? She has no idea what Balin's plans for her actually are. You think Shin could be uh, the Filoni version of Mara Jade? Nah. Whoa, 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 whoa. What if it was the Filoni version of Mara Jade, but with who you you don't expect 
Sabine. But there's, there's sexual tension there, man. Those two look at each other. Ooh, yeah, I can feel it. And I, I, I don't wait think get off Reddit. Moving on to my one chimer. Woo. Uh, I, 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 I don't think so. Um, but I, I do. F- I mean, we were talking about you know her potentially ending up as like apprenticed to Ezra down the line. It'd be um, interesting. It'd be interesting to yeah. see if she actually comes to the light side and decides to go away from Thrawn. This might be a dumb question because it doesn't seem like Balin is fully dark either. Exactly. Are sabers? They're not red. red? No, they're no, like they're orange. orange. Like, they're yeah. definitely more orange, yes. You think that's a, you think that's a choice? Yes. Absolutely, okay. yes. Me too. I think uh, so. They didn't bleed it all the in, way, I think. I think that's what it is too. Is they, they didn't only milk actually it. go all the way? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just milked a no, little bit of the kyber there's Definitely, there's definitely significance to the color of their blades, okay. um, to his denial that they are Jedi uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, but also to his treatment of Shin. Like mm. he wants her to get stronger, yes, but he doesn't necessarily seem like he wants her to fully embrace the dark side either right. he says that power is that kind of power is always fleeting mm-hmm. like then she says like hey we'll finally be in power now but and even when he's fighting ahsoka uh down by the ocean he's like, yeah it didn't have to be this way it almost seems like he doesn't want that kind of conflict i agree i think he's i think he's a little more jedi than he is sith i think he's more they're, these are the most gray Jedi that I think we've seen. Yep. Yeah. Right. I mean, he he still grew up in the Order. Mm-hmm. He still grew up. You know, he was still a jet. He, Thrawn referred to him as a general. So Thrawn remembered him, right? He was, at, or yep. at least by reputation from the Clone Wars. Yep. Uh, to answer your question, Ricky, purple is what the most badass motherfuckers use, <laughs> and that's it. So. If you're Samuel L, you get to just request that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, l- let me just I, ask you a question. You, you play D and D, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So where do you feel like uh, Balin lands on the moral alignment? Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Man. Oh, I like this. I like. I this. like that. Man. I I would um, I, I definitely would, lawful like I think he's got the lawful well I don't know I I think lawful neutral yeah I think he's got the lawful axis yeah hovering between I mean obviously he's doing bad shit so yeah I think you got to give lawful evil neutral. I think yeah. but not fully but eh, lawful neutral damn it you got me <laughs> right Phil hmm? like a servant of Hextor right <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> interesting I. See, and I would want to put him on chaotic neutral, I think, where he's like, he does things that are a little. Uh, he has, he but has, he's still in like a neutral ground. He has a very clear moral code that he is following. Yeah. And that might be all of the law that he requires. Makes sense. Huh. That's yeah. a really good question. I like that. I'm going to make that yeah. into a TikTok this week. Good job, Justin. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Um, but let's move on to my one chimer here. Good discussion, by the way. I forgot to bring that up during the episode. I just wanted to uh, hear your thoughts on 
No, that's good. That whole thing. So, my one chimer this week was. Which is why we must control all variables. Put her on a path of her own choosing, so that no matter which direction she takes, we'll always be one step ahead of her. You see the twinkle there, Justin? I, I see the twinkle. It was definitely the most excited he was. And that's that's why I picked that one because it was the most Thrawn scene I could pick. Oh, you know? Yeah. Um it was either that one or when he looks at Morgan and goes, Her master was Anakin Skywalker and then just drops a load in his pants. Like, <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, but this this scene in particular, you're like new people to Thrawn are realizing like he's very much a strategic um game player when it comes to war and like the war tactics and he's really good at it so this is kind of your introduction to that and it was it was really fun to see that hugh were you like convinced that he's he's a badass um like war gamer i guess with with this episode or these last couple episodes because you you hadn't ever seen rebels and you hadn't read the books and so like for us, we know that he's like he's always right. three steps ahead. Were was this were these couple episodes convincing enough for you, or do you no, it definitely more? conveys that. Um, that line does the the introduction of the gunships, and he's like exactly two gunships. Like he's very precise in like what he's doing, and that truly conveys it for me. Um, for me, it was at the end of the episode, though, when uh, Phil had mentioned it earlier, when she says, all I see is my our enemies united. Hmm. And, and he's like, he take explains, a look at nope, what I, I see. actually have time on my side, which is the most important aspect of this this battle. So that's really what pushed it over the edge. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to, to see where this episode, where, where the finale goes. Um, I'm excited for it, but I'm also sad that it's going to be over because... No. I know, I know. We got Loki coming next week. I know you guys oh, are that's Star true. Wars guys, that's not true. Marvel guys. Loki we we, we get that Loki. I can't wait cool. for the new Loki because the first one was goddamn awesome. Yeah, and hell yeah. funny. You're right. You're right. Um, we get, we're getting new Loki and new Our Flag Means Death on the oh, same the pirate day. show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that being said, let's move on to our last segment and then get on out of here. So here we go. It's the Tuscan Raider, the part of the show where we rate each episode, and this week we're going to rate it out of ten Mines. Ten Imperial Mines. How explosive was this episode? Ooh. Let's start with Hugh. Out of ten mines, how did you what did you think this episode was? Um, I'm looking at a nine. Uh, this was a pretty good episode. I know, I know, Justin's probably not quite there. Um, but the only thing I'd knock is uh, uh, things do progress a little bit. Um, kind of straightforward. Like I don't know if we have enough of the mysteries that we had maybe back in Mando season three. There are a lot of things up in the air, in my opinion. But um, I think every aspect of the story every aspect of what we saw in this episode pretty well done um so i'm gonna go and give it the nine all right phil what about you i'm gonna call it a solid eight um there were some aspects of the the night troopers 
kind of behavior um, that they did just hesitate and and let Ezra talk uh, was arguably the most Doctor Who moment that we've seen in the show so far. Uh, but it's like, okay, but you're, you're Thrawn's troops, and I get that you're also probably on his whole track of, like, maintaining, conserving resources, but you've got two targets and you've got like two dozen of you and you don't open fire I, I, I following orders i know i get it <laughs> um but it, it felt like a tactical blunder on their mm. part okay um now maybe that was just because they weren't you know following direct orders from uh from our buddy in blue uh but other than that, I mean, it was still pretty solid. Um, there, there, there were some things that some decisions that were made. They're just kind of like, okay, I know you're not doing anything now because we're just trying to make sure that our characters survive until the next episode. Um, sure, but That's a thing. but other than that, <laughs> you know the the whole uh, ride, the whole running battle, riding battle, slow drive <laughs> thing was kind of hilarious. Like I think unintentionally so. Yeah, um, I agree. That was pretty funny. That was. Like, but I liked it. I liked the that battle version scene. of a Mad Max chase I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, but overall, I, I think we got some good progress made in the story. We got to see a lot of really good stuff from Thrawn. We got to see more of Ezra. Um, we got picked back up with some stuff back with the. Uh, uh, rest of the folks back in the um, main galaxy uh, overall good progress and uh, a, a decent uh, penultimate episode for the season. I, I know we're just kind of building up to the big finale at this point, but I, I think it was well done. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Solid eight. Justin, what are you rating this episode? Well, I have to justify this first, so I'll go with this. here we go. You know, there's that boring-ass court scene with barely any chopper in it. I mean, then we we had to watch that lackluster chase scene, just what Phil was commenting on. Too many uh, turtle hobbits, way too many turtle hobbits. Um, Not enough magic. I give this episode a solid uh, eight. (laughs) No, (laughs) I loved it. Of course, I I was just poking fun at you. But, uh, yeah, it's everything uh, uh, that I mentioned, but the opposite. I, I loved the opening scene with uh, Theala or Ziona, or uh, <laughs> I'm always going to fuck that one up. Uh, Ziono? Yeah. Ziono. Ziono. Yeah. God damn it. Um, uh, I loved the, the, the cheesy chase just because the, the turtle hobbits and their facial expressions and throwing little rocks and cans at them. That, that, I laughed on wheels, so man. hard. He walks on wheels. Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, I, I not going to lie. I did love that. We had, uh, Sabine's howler pop its head out of the <laughs> back door of Ezra's truck there at the end. Oh, that was a good one. But like uh, everything to the little mini reunion of all three of the characters was awesome to see Thrawn calculating in his mind and his head going, getting rejuvenated and his thought process was wonderful to see. Like, I I loved the episode. Yeah, it was uh, 
it was a good episode and i know that that you thought it was a met or maybe you're just fucking with me but um i think my favorite part about the turtle hobbit scene is when you see the howler in with the turtle hobbit looking out the window like he's friends with them now at first he was trying to eat them and now he's like yeah we we cool though we cool so i, I did like that um i agree with all of you guys and of course you know i'm I'm a, I'm a homer, so I give this episode an 8.5 um, for all the reasons that you said and, you know, because I have to add a little bit more because screw you guys. You just wanted <laughs> to make the score 8.5. Uh, I did, and the score is actually <laughs> 83.75, so it's very close. Um, I went through three different ratings um, just to throw Phil off because I know he was watching them. So I started at 8, and then I went to 7.5, <laughs> but I really just landed on 8.5, so... Um, yeah, that's uh, it, it. Was a good episode, and we haven't. You're the one doing the math, not me. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't really rated anything lower than an eight total this whole season. We're total homers when it comes to Star Wars. We need to start doing shows that like are actually meh. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we do that? There's other podcasts that do that, right? Um, I want to answer my journal. I can never remember your name and i'm very sorry about that but my <laughs> journal had the question of has anyone hasn't anyone discussed how much thrawn would screw up the storyline if he returned to the galaxy the new republic would be more cautious if thrawn made his way back into the galaxy i think we'll save that and i actually took a screenshot of your question there and put it in my notes and we're going to save that for next week and bring that up on the show to see yeah. if that actually is something that happens and then we can uh, we can discuss that for sure. It's an excellent question, so stay tuned and join us next Thursday when we discuss it. Ah, um, but Hugh, thank you again so much for joining us today. Go ahead hey, and you, tell you, everyone you. where they can find you and um, all that good stuff. Yeah, man, uh, just on on X now uh, <laughs> at by Hugh Johnson. Throw <laughs> <Throughout> the X. <laughs> That's where you can find me, man. Um, so, <laughs> also, always, guys, pleasure to be with you guys, and uh, always love talking Star Wars, Star Wars with you, fellas. Heck Hell yeah. yeah, dude! Thanks for being here, Phil. Go ahead and uh, you also tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, on the website formerly known as Twitter, I am at FlipWriter there, and I am at FlipWriter on Blue Sky. Uh, you can also find me at SwordsOfTheAncients.com. Uh, I've been throwing out a whole bunch of book reviews. We were talking about Chuck Wendig's Aftermath series earlier uh, this episode, and uh, Chuck actually has a new horror novel that just dropped on Tuesday called Black River Orchard. It is an apple-based, like the fruit, apple-based horror novel, and it is fucking hmm. spectacular. So uh, my review for that's up. Cool. And of course, you can uh, follow me anywhere at Quest Me Podcast. You can find me on Facebook. Just search for Quest Me Podcast. <sighs> Actually, don't go to Facebook. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are the best places to find me. And YouTube. Um, if you enjoyed this this episode, make sure to follow us on YouTube at Quest Me. Um, and you can see all the other videos and shorts that we put up there. We do have fun with those. For Quest Me, I have been your host. And I'm Justin. I'm Phil. I'm you. And of course, my name is Josh. We will talk to you next week. May the Force be with you.